Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Well, the sunshine has definitely cheered us up this week, and as we start to move towards phase two of reopening our economy, the weather is matching our mood. On this episode, we're going to speak to people in Kinsale who are looking at how the rest of their summer might now go. We find out how accountants are helping those who have been struggling and the online baby store that's been booming. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. The Red Business Podcast with Jonathan Healy and McCarthy Insurance Group. Putting business in Cork first. MIG.ie Well, as we get closer to the 8th of June, which is hopefully, fingers crossed, going to be the start of phase two of reopening the Irish economy, we are trying to imagine what the next phase might look like, never mind the phase after that and the phase after that. Now, one of the things I've been working on over the course of the last week or so has been Cork County Council's Project Act, which is supporting the 23 county towns to be as good as they can be uh, by the time it comes around to reopening. And I have to say Kinsale is one of those towns that's doing its level best to prepare for what is going to happen next and I'm delighted to be joined now by Gunny Patel who is the chairperson of the Kinsale Chamber of Tourism and Business and Catherine Norman uh, from the Norman Townhouse in Kinsale. You're both very welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us Jonathan. Thanks Jonathan. Um, uh, Gunny can I start with you? I mean Mm. I can can only imagine how busy Kinsale should be versus how busy Kinsale has been over the course of the last while it must have been very surreal for you guys down there it's it has been it's been so surreal because it, it's sort of it's almost like sort of initially it was like christmas day but on a groundhog day kind of way you know if, if that makes sense completely quiet town in sort of middle of march um you know uh, during paddy's weekend hardly anybody about and and this time of year yeah absolutely correct um we would be absolutely buzzing um so it's very surreal but you know the light is at the end of the tunnel we are slowly approaching phase two um in a just over a week's time so you know fingers crossed that will sort of enable a few more shops to smaller shops um are all our sort of independent unique retailers uh unique boutiques and retailers to open on the 8th of june um and then that will be followed by phase three which will be the restaurants and the cafes so we're slowly getting there which is great yeah, and I mean, I think that when you're looking at what, what could be later in the summer, I mean, it's not going to be normal. I think everybody knows that, but yeah. it's going to be better than what we've had. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, we will be coming back. What What's lovely about Kinsale is we're a very positive, community-driven town. As businesses, we all, we all collate together to make things happen. Um, so we are coming back, as our stickers around the town have been saying, we are coming back stronger. Um, and you know we've got a uh, we've actually been working in the background on a Kinsale comeback campaign um, as part of this as well. To you know, yes, we've lost our international market this year pretty much. To be fair, um, so we've got to sort of home in on you know the the domestic, starting with the day trippers, um, and then hopefully the you know sort of this the staycation for the rest of the fingers crossed you know persuading the rest of the country to come and visit Kinsale, come to the beach and enjoy the great walks and the unique boutiques um, and you know great restaurants and cafes that we have on offer. 
Yeah, no better place to stay, of course, than in the Norman townhouse, which is uh, in Kinsale. I've, I've stayed there myself. It's absolutely stunning and, and is uh, the brainchild of Giles and Catherine Norman. Catherine, uh, I mean, this this is kind of a disaster for, for the guest house trade. Uh, you've had nobody to stay um, and nobody to travel. I mean, how confident are you that you can salvage something out of this season? Uh, well, yes, you're right in, in all of what you just said. Uh, we reopened the townhouse for 2020 on the 10th of March and then we closed it again five days later. Um, and we A short season. Yeah, literally five days. Um, we didn't expect for one second that it was going to last, you know, the length of time that it has. And um, we won't be reopening until the 20th of July now. Um, so we're in phase three, um, but we have still have strong bookings and literally the minute the roadmap was was outlined on the by Leo Varadkar, the, the bookings started coming in and they're, they're domestic bookings. So that was very reassuring for us to know that there is, you know, people will want to travel from, from the 20th of July. And I think Irish people will be bursting to take a break at that stage once they can they can drive over their 20 kilometers. So uh, well, Kinsale well, I, is, I, is perfect destination for that. I, I, I'm bursting for a pint, uh, <laughs> which is available. We're very close to my house. Never mind 20 kilometers away. I, I mean, the a funny thing for you guys is obviously you have the townhouse, but you also have the photography business. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm guessing that that's probably ticked along quite nicely, not in the gallery because people can't come in, but you're probably still selling online and you might even have seen a bit of an uptick, did you? Yeah, so like our business online would have would have increased hugely from say March 2019 to March 2020 and the same for April um, and we're actually we were just in the process of revamping and rebuilding a new website so we're it's we've used the downtime to kind of really concentrate on that so we're really we're nearly ready to, to launch a new website but yes like we, we've been lucky that we have been able to have some stream of income from that. And got it for you what, what's it been like for your business? Well, I have um, a women's wear and lingerie boutique in the centre of town called Canary, and I didn't have online presence. Um, so I've been kind of frankly working in the back end for the last sort of seven or eight weeks during lockdown to um, develop an online um side of my business um it's not the same obviously online takes a while to grow and it's just you know um just kind of advertising that exposure all day every day but it's start i'm getting a few orders in which is great um but it'd be great to see clients coming through the door again you know that personal service that um i think is so key and we have a very strong sort of shop local following here in Kinsale, which is great so I'm hoping all our, our um, locals will be coming in um, as soon as sort of the, the 8th of June arrives um, over the next few weeks. So it's been a tough one. I'm way down on obviously last year's figures. Um, and it will be a case of sort of, I suppose, for me as a retailer, surviving the rest of the year and, um, you know, hoping, hoping for a great sort of tail end of the year leading up to Christmas. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's... It, it, it won't be, my figures won't be anywhere near what they were 2019, I don't think. Swimwear would have been a big part of my business this time of year. Um, and and so. then, Gunny, when you're looking at your store, and I don't know how big your store is because I've never shopped for lingerie in your shop, so <laughs> don't you'll forgive me for that and, and maybe my wife won't forgive me because I didn't bring home something nice. But I, I offer you, great men's boxes. They're the best. <laughs> so glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Um, have you worked out how many people you can have in the shop at any one time? 
time, for example, yes, and, and how um, far away everyone has to be I'm from each lucky, other. I'm lucky, actually, that I do have space. Um, I have a fair bit of space in my shop, excluding sort of the fixtures and fittings. Um, and comfortably, I can allow at least four women in, um, if not five, to be fair. So now... If, if um, clients aren't happy to, um, you know, to have that number, I can also I'll also offer an appointment service as well. Um, so, you know, we're going to be really flexible in, in, in making it as e- easy as possible um, for for people to come back to, to shop and obviously following all the HSC guidelines, hand sanitizers at the ready, um, face masks. On the lingerie side, um, the fitting service will have to be very different to what it would have normally been. Um, but I'm taking advice from all my suppliers as we speak. So, you know, um, everything is in place, ready to ready to open. But I'm I'm lucky in the fact that I I do have the space to allow mm. you know four or five people in. There's a real possibility as well, Catherine, isn't there, that this is going to actually make the town better, that that there's probably going to be changes brought about as a result of this that'll make it more pedestrian friendly, that'll make it easier for people to walk around casually without fear of, of you know, a vehicle coming around the corner because they've pedestrianised or they've tweaked certain areas. I mean, is there a lot of that work going on on the ground, do you think, to, to make the town, I suppose, as, as pretty as possible, as as user-friendly as possible, as, as, as socially distanced as possible? I think Gunny would probably be better to answer this question in <laughs> that I know that the um, Cork County Council are looking at doing pods and there's a few innovative ideas going around and they're also talking about pedestrianising, but as I understand, it's just on a Sunday. So It is, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm not fully up to up to speed on, on that one. The um, I suppose the, the, the great amount of the pods that have been created it's got the conversation started about pedestrianizing pedestrianizing certain streets in kinsale um which would be fantastic you know some of our streets are it's it's a it's an old town it's a narrow streets narrow pavements so um it, we we're in, in initial talks about sort of um, trialing it on a sunday and then let's see how it goes um and the pods is also a possibility so we're looking at all different options at the moment um obviously keeping the main roads clear so that we can divert traffic as well but it would be the next i mean i i, I moved to um kinsale over four and a half years ago and one of the first things that i kind of noticed was we've got narrow streets and pavements we need to be pedestrianized um you know a, I'd love to see a mini Covent Garden look in Kinsale. I think it would be it would just create such a buzz. And we've had, you know, we've proved Covent Garden by the sea. Can I? Can I? Covent you can Garden claim that right now. Absolutely. There you have it. You've already got the slogan. Um, can I just go to you, Catherine, before we finish up? I mean, yep. one of the things that people are very worried about is, oh, sure, they're going to send the prices sky high now. We're going to be gouged if we're going to stay on a staycation. Sure, you're doing it all wrong. You're discounting the rates. You're giving away. Uh, you're giving away a drink and you're giving away chocolates on arrival. What? What are you thinking? <laughs> Well, what we what we really want to try and encourage is people book directly with us. Um, so we have our own website, GilesNormanTownHouse.com. Um, you know, obviously we we need the booking.coms of this world, but um, yeah, we really would like to, would like to encourage people to book with us. So we're giving um, a ten percent discount for guests if they book for over three nights, and then they'll get a bottle of prosecco and they'll get some fudge from Mellas and Clonakilty when they arrive. Um, so yeah, all wrong. No, you're you're doing that back to front now. All the other places will be charging double, and you're giving it away for half nothing. But we'll see how the public <laughs> responds to it. And I'm presuming Giles got some lovely images during the lockdown of the place being really quiet. He's been really busy painting. 
all right, okay. Yeah. Not, not so we ours. could look forward. To, not, <laughs> not we ours. could look forward. Not art, right? No. Okay. Well, well, I look forward to seeing that when I get back to the townhouse at some stage in the future. Look, it's great to see Kinsale is already looking beyond what has been a very traumatic time for everybody uh, who's been involved in this. But Gunny Patel and Catherine Norman from Kinsale, thank you so much for joining us, and I can't wait to get down there for for the pints, the stay, and I'm going to go out and edge and the limb and say the knickers. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Thanks, Jonathan. thank you, Jonathan. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Red Business with McCarthy Insurance Group putting business in Cork first MIG.ie Well my next guest is someone who's been on the podcast with us before in well let's just describe them as happier times Jim McCarthy Managing Partner of MC2 Accountants how are you? I'm good Jonathan thank you Uh, Obviously it's a very weird environment before we get into what you're doing how have the last few weeks been for you guys Accountancy you're a very hands-on business you like meeting people it's all face-to-face and all of that vanished overnight all vanished overnight. I suppose we have two kind of distinct aspects to our business, and the, the traditional accountancy work has continued. You know, with our staff working from home, um, it's actually quite a good time to try and get accounts done because generally you spend a lot of time chasing people for books and records. But I suppose in the current climate, most of our clients were at home, so it was easy enough to access the information. So, so that side of the business has managed to kind of continue as normal, as such. Um, Another large part of our business would be the corporate finance side of the house, where we have a specialised team in MC2, you know, people dealing with normally banking, tax, consultancy and property and investment. That's been a lot more challenging um, to try and keep that aspect of it because you need that kind of face-to-face interaction with clients. And mm. it's, it's also probably the most in-demand services that are in the practice at the moment, given the conditions some of the companies are in, you know. I mean, look, you're accountants at the end of the day, but accountants, despite their reputation, do have a heart. And and what you would want to do is almost put the virtual arm around the fella sitting in front of you who's in trouble. You can't do that right now. I mean, that must be making your life very, very tricky. That that assurance, that support you want to give, even if someone is in trouble, you, you must be finding it very hard to do that. Yeah, and... You know, I, I, I sometimes find the kind of the messages that we're sending out, you know, in terms of, you know, I suppose we'd be asking clients to have a serious review where they're at, especially clients that we find, Jonathan, that are like some certain, we all know a certain element of the business is like in the hospitality side of the business have stopped trading. And you hear a lot of word in the street about, you know, bars must be in trouble, hotels must be in trouble. But in a lot of those cases, they've managed to, to stop the, the cash burn quite significantly. And for I think as long as they stay closed for as long as possible, they should come back strong enough at the other side of this. The businesses I have most concern about are the businesses that are actually trying to trade through it. Um, for example, retailers, which would have a fairly strong online presence, they've had to keep their brand alive. They've had to keep certain elements of their business going. And to me, they're the, they're the businesses that are kind of in most danger, uh, and particularly as we start to open up again now. It's funny you say that because uh, I had a conversation last week of people who were in the hospitality sector and I came away from from that conversation saying they were actually the happiest, most relaxed people I had spoken to in a long time Um, because everyone else is either trying to breathe life into something that's half working or have been going at full tilt in a really weird environment. Strangely, those who have been tuned out and and have, have no business to go to um, are, are the most zen at the moment, aren't they? Absolutely, absolutely. But if you compare, uh, say, a hospitality business um, to, say, a, a large retailer, the, the big the, the big critical difference between the two is the stock. 
So the, the retailers will be carrying significant stocks. So while the while the bars and the restaurants and the, the hotels closed, you know, they're dealing with breweries and major food suppliers. So they were able to handle their creditors a lot easier. Whereas if you take retailers, they could be de- dead of a lot of seasonal stock, spring stock, summer stock. They would have already had put down deposits on their Christmas stock. And, you know, they would stand like part of your advice would be to sell all the stock that you have at a discount, but they're already committed to buying more stock in for Christmas. So that's a far more challenging sector. Um, so these businesses can't afford to really just go to sleep, as as we call it, cocooning. Um, so a lot more advice, a lot more proper management is required in that area, you know. And Which is, which is where presumably Chrysalis Corporate Planning comes in, which is your new product. What is it and who is it aimed at? I suppose, you know, I was kind of seeing all of these kind of COVID. I was I actually, to be honest with you, I got tired of looking at the, the virus that was popping up on everybody's screen. You know, remember that, that, that virus screen, you'd see it and the, the various reliefs come out under it. And um, in MC2, we started working with the JO, our marketing partner, in terms of like to come up with something different. And I had been talking a lot about this whole idea that I, I kept advising businesses, if they could at all possible, to kind of cocoon their business and put their business to sleep. And along with the geo, we came up with chrysalis on the basis. You know, it's like the caterpillar cocoons itself in a protective casing called the chrysalis. And it prepares to emerge as a beautiful butterfly. And in essence, what MC2 is trying to do here is encourage businesses to have a serious look at their position at the moment and do a solvency test as to where they're at. And, you know, most businesses were were flying pre-COVID, okay? And they were, what we're asking them to do is, lock down as much of that kind of money that they've made over the years as possible now in other words protect itself cocoon itself and the whole mc2 suite of services will help them to kind of really assess whether they should open up the business at all should they stay closed for longer now you you get certain business owners pushing you back on brand and losing key staff and all the rest of it but i suppose my own personal opinion is that you know, there's nothing wrong with staying closed here for another four or five months if necessary, if you're protecting the reserves that you have in the business and you're in a, the, instead of risking those reserves and trading through very uncertain times with social distancing. Mm. I mean, cash flow is the huge problem, isn't it? I, I, for, for a lot of those businesses that, that traded on, that those that all of a sudden the cash stopped coming through. I mean, w- what supports are there in place? We know that there are certain government initiatives, but navigating them and choosing maybe the right product from your bank could be the difference between having a very stressful Christmas and having one where you can trade on and, and look to the future with confidence. Yeah, I suppose what we're all seeing emerging now is like, I mean, I would have been against businesses taking on any kind of bank debt, to be honest with you, to fix this, because I think that's just debt that's going to be faced, you're going to be faced with down the road again. And again, that kind of, I didn't agree with businesses that were trading. If they were, if they're borrowing money to trade over the next few months, it could mean that they're losing money underneath and it's just being sustained by the level of borrowing and the borrowing isn't going to go away, okay, no matter what the interest rate is on it. Um, what I'm beginning to see now in the marketplace is that since revenue have actually stopped yeah, collecting VAT and PY PSI receipts, I actually think in an indirect way here, the revenue is becoming the new bank and people are actually, if you look at some of the cash flows that we've been looking at, are pointed to significant revenue balances that are going to be outstanding come the end of the year. So, Well, you you have to pay them back. It's not that they're not a, they're not a friendly bank. Let's describe them as that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the advice we're given. And I suppose a lot of the detailed cash flow analysis that we're doing in MC2 is 
you know, we're trying to kind of, instead of plugging in the revenue as something that's not to be paid out, we're encouraging clients to continue to put revenue payments into their cash flow line um, as if it is coming out and put it into, um, you know, a deposit account or put it into some sort of secure account there because otherwise I think we're heading for a disaster in six or nine months time when, when revenue starts to look at all, collecting all these bills. People are looking at opening the business and, and th- that's going to involve a whole different set of challenges from the physical distancing in a premises to how you're going to manage your staff, how you're going to make sure your staff feel safe, which is something that's, that's huge and hasn't really been countenanced by too many as of yet. Not to mention all the other aspects of this. I, I have a distinct impression from speaking to, to companies like yours that the expertise that's on offer hasn't quite been tapped yet and that there is a significant cohort out there who are not doing the planning that they need to do if they are going to reopen. Do, do you share my fear? I share your fear, but I, I, I share I share your fear and I think my biggest concern is um, like I'm even looking at projections that I think are way too aggressive given if you're if listening to the type of social distancing that's out there and how retailers need to keep their staff uh, safe and how they need to keep their customers safe, I actually can see that um, creating a kind of an economic platform for these businesses to make money. Um, so no matter how much we try, and I know this is back into the kind of the economic and, and, and health debate, that's thankfully that it's the, the economic side is getting more of a voice through the media now because it's, it is as big, if not a bigger problem out there at the moment, I think. And people aren't going to really see the full extent of this until maybe early next year. But I, I do agree with you. And I don't think, given what we're hearing from the from the health bodies, which I understand is perfectly correct in order to protect the people. I, and this goes back to, should businesses really open up in those environments or should they stay cocooning until such time as it becomes more um, feasible to run a business in it? Okay, well, the, there is advice out there. You are amongst that cohort offering it. The website, I think, is mc2accountants.ie, if I'm not mistaken. Thanks, Jim McCarthy, Managing Partner of MC2 Accountants. Thanks so much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. The Red Business Podcast with Jonathan Healy and McCarthy Insurance Group. Putting business in Cork first. MIG.ie. So parents get a lot of time with their kids these days. Um, Not quite what we had planned at the start of the year, but that's not to say we don't love our children because obviously we do. And my next guest is somebody who is behind an Irish brand, a mother and baby brand that is now available in over 40 countries around the world. Suzanne Brown from Clever Mama. How are you? I'm not too bad, Jonathan, and thank you very much for having us on. Um, I've, as I said, you mentioned about minding the kids at the moment. My uh, my distraction at the moment is my dog, unfortunately. Yes, we can hear the dog. He's doing very well in the background there. <laughs> he is indeed. Uh, you can control him. Come here to me. Tell me a bit about Clever Mama. What is it? Um, well, we're established nearly 17 years at this stage, and what started out at sort of a, a, our own online shop has sort of grown, which we sold other people's brand, has sort of grown significantly into our own brand for probably the last 15 of those 17 years. So we specialize in sort of designing, manufacturing, and retailing and distribution of um, products from bedtime, bath time, some safety and things like that. So we have a little mix of everything in there. Okay, and again, you know, anyone who has small kids realise that you have a large collection of these things. It's a very complex and busy competitive market, I'm guessing. What makes you different? Absolutely. It's, you know, um, 
whether it's a, a baby product or whether you're you're selling shampoos or any type of commodity, it's, it's a commodity and everything is, there's competition everywhere. And in particularly, you know, we've now got online competition with regards to offline. A lot of our business would be for online retail uh, or we have online retailers and then we have the, the bricks and mortar. In relation to sort of how we, I'd say, try and stay ahead of the game, um, it's, I suppose, the last few months in particular has been has been a, a big challenge uh, for, for our business and, and everybody's business. But I think one of the things that we, we try and focus on is um, we focus a lot on, say, innovative products, but innovative yet practical. Because sometimes in any walk of life, you know, sometimes innovation can get in the way of practicality. So one mm. of the things is, as a parent, and uh, Martina, my sister, who's, a, who, who's also co-founder of the company, both of us, you know, we've been stuck in the middle of it. So, you know, we very quickly can siphon out what's a potential good product and, um, and what, mo- what might not work. And then we also mm. have different markets that we have to consider. You know, what works in Ireland mightn't work in the Middle East and, and things like that, you know. Well, of course, yeah, their children are the same globally, but uh, the parents are what are different. Now, you, you might talk about the great range of products that you have, but you would have traditionally been stocked in places like Mothercare and Smith's and they have been closed for the last while. So has there been yes. this mad rush online and how have you been able to service it? Absolutely, yeah. That that was the first, you know, the way eight, at least 80, 90% of our retail doors have been physically closed. So that has been also a, a challenge for us, but also a challenge to supply our retailers because obviously you know, online has literally gone through the roof for every retailer and ourselves included. We do have a, a B2C side to our business, um, but we mostly focus on B2B. Um, but the likes of, as you said, the likes of the mother cares and the Smiths and things like that, they are actually sort of quite well equipped as, as much as they can be in relation to deal with this because they all have their online platforms. They're all retailing online. The change has been the volume and, and that's really where the the the, the obstacles may have been you know you're going from you know you they could be going up, from I'm like presuming. I'm guessing yeah you're 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 increasing it's a, it's a good problem I'm guessing absolutely it's a good problem and you know it's it's something that um with all of retailers every single retailer had it unfortunately um you know there is some retailers the smaller retailers in the market that may not have been very au fait or may not have had their website or their social up to date so in that instance, you know, if there's a smaller independent retailer down the country, it's easy enough for us because we have an online team so we can actually help and support them. So from our point of view, we'll say, listen, do you want us to have a look at your website? We'll make sure it's optimized. It's looking great because from a consumer point of view, when it comes to online, we're all very fickle. You know, we swap and change. We don't really have too many loyalties. So we go for what looks best and where you're going to get the best price. So mm. it's it's imp- as, as important to us to look after the big, uh, the big retailers as it is the small independent retailers. The products that you stock then, as I said, all, children are the same around the world. It's the parents mm-hmm. who are different. What, what are yes. the big sellers? What's on trend right now? Um, I suppose we... I suppose over the last year we did a whole rebrand, so we've a we've a lot of new products coming out, and in particular would be our new mattresses. So I suppose what makes our mattresses different to other mattresses in the market, as I said, we we spend a lot of time and investment on research. And a number of years ago, we did a, a two year study with Trinity College in Dublin, 
about what's called um, plagiocephaly or more commonly known as flathead syndrome. So with Trinity College, um, we actually developed a, a unique product that we use in our mattresses. So that's one of the things that, um, you know, that really helps us stand out from the crowd. And in fairness, the Irish consumer has always been very good to Clever Mama. Um, you know, they're always very supportive of, of us. If we've got new products, they seem to, you know, take them on board, uh, you know, and very acceptable to them. Um, and, and I suppose one thing about the, the Irish co consumer, um, we all like to give our feedback and we like to give our opinions and things like that, which as, you know, as a designer or manufacturer, it's a, that's the invaluable stuff that, you know, mm. you, can't, it, you can't put a price on the feedback that we, we get from our consumers. And God knows you probably get a fair bit of it as well because parents do tend to give a lot of feedback. Now, having said that, and I speak as a man with experience here, we're fierce, easy parties with our money. Um, so therefore, you're, we're an easy target for a website like yours. Well, yes, but at the same time, um, as I said, there's a, you know, people can be, a, you know, there's no loyalties really with websites. It's usually down to who gives, and it's not always the best price. It's, for example... I'm on the way home from work sometimes and I'll pop into the garage and maybe buy a, a, a litre of milk. Now, I know I'm going to pay an extra few quid for that, but it's the convenience of it. And it's the same when people are shopping online. If they know that, you know what, if there's an issue with the order, I can get it resolved. If there's um, a, you know, a delay in the order, they're going to keep me updated. So, it's down to the customer service as well. You know, if I have a question about my baby or about the product and, and believe me, we, you know, we, we get all types of questions, uh, especially when it comes to uh, new parents and things like that. So it, it, it is down to both the, the, the quality of the product, the price and then the, the service is, is well, really important. Suzanne, you've seen both sides of it now. You've seen what it's like to have a very good bricks and mortar sales operation and a mad rush to put everything online while that sales operation is closed down. How do you yes. see your businesses panning out over the course of the next few years? Well, I think that everybody, uh, there is sort of a flip to online. And I think, the, the but there's advantages of online and advantages of, dis, of bricks and mortar. So for example, if somebody, okay, I don't sell strollers, but if I did sell a stroller online, sometimes the challenge is that consumers can walk into a store and ask somebody, can you let me know the, uh, the ins and outs of that, the retailer, you know, you get to use the product. And then the challenge is from a retailer point of view, a consumer can walk out and go, that's great, thanks very much, and then go purchase it online. So there is a massive thing there. And especially for brands, I mean, we there last year when we uh, redid our rebrand, we actually had to come up with an online and an offline strategy. Because whilst we want competition in the market, and competition is good, every retailer will tell you that, but you have to have fair competition. You have to have something that works for everybody. It can't just be all online getting sales. It has to, you need to be able to offer something to the bricks and mortar retailer that not only is going to be uh, on, on um, price or things like that, but you need to offer them something different. So for example, in our range, we have certain products that we will only offer to bricks and mortar retailers. So if it's a, a, a larger online retailer, we'll say, no, you know what, we're not going to put that there because it's going to cause too much competition and unfair competition okay well the last question i have to ask you suzanne is what did you do with the dog did you have him shot because there hasn't been a peep out of him yes. for nine minutes 
I did. I actually, between that and the kids, I don't know who's going to. Now, uh, mind you, that can change at any second because they have barged in the door, which happens on Zoom calls all over the country over the last few weeks. But I have well hit. Yes, every one of us could understand that. Give us the website if people want to look it up. If you have a look at clevermama.com. They can find all information and all products there. Okay. Suzanne Brown, CEO of clevermama.com. Good luck with however you end up selling uh, all your products. But thanks for joining us on Red Business. Thanks very much, Jonathan. And uh, thank you to your listeners as well. My thanks, as always, to all of my guests. Don't forget, you can get involved. Red Business at redfm.ie. All episodes are up on redextra.ie. Don't forget to subscribe. Myra Hayes-Goff was the producer, and we will catch you on the next one. The Red Business Podcast with Jonathan Healy and McCarthy Insurance Group. Putting business in Cork first. MIG.ie.